I can't be more excited than I am right at this moment. <laughs> I'm happy to share with you all this insider discussion between me and the boyfriend, Eric. I know I talk about him a lot on my podcast because, hell, I'm talking about sex, love, and relationships, right? So why just hear from me? Let's get the tea directly from the horse's mouth. but you're going to get them again. Y'all, this is possibly the best bourbon whiskey, whatever you want to call it, I have ever had in my entire life. And that's putting a lot on it, okay? But it really is. Again, if you don't know the story behind it, please go to their website, unclenearest.com, and check out the story. It's really an interesting background about the guy who helped Jack Daniels um, really set up Jack Daniels, as we know it, the distilling process and all that good stuff. But outside of that, this is some good shit. I'm telling you, it's like that sipping whiskey that you don't allow everybody to drink. <laughs> you can cut it with some Coke if you must. But it's truly a really good sipping bourbon with natural hints of caramel. Um, it doesn't have a large flavor profile, meaning it just tastes like whiskey and that shit is good. So sip it and be merry. And as always, let's get into it. So finally, the illustrious Eric is on the podcast. Boyfriend Eric, say hey to the people. Hey to the people. Here you go. Um, I don't even know where to start. You made me nervous on my own shit. So we're going to start with us since the last podcast was talking about how long is too long? And anybody that has been following um, knows, you know, about us and our relationship because I talk about it on the podcast all the time. First of all, let's talk about that. How do you feel about me talking about our relationship or having this podcast in general? I don't care. I don't listen to them, so I don't really know what you're saying. But... Dang, man. You couldn't be nice about it. You don't care. You don't listen to them. No. I make you listen to them. I listen to a couple of them, yeah, but I'm not seeking out the whiskey in them on my podcast player. I'm listening to it. Uh huh. So it doesn't bother you that I talk about us on our on my podcast. Generally speaking, no, but I don't know specifically what you said, so. Mm-hmm. And it don't concern you enough to go listen, so. <laughs> Not at this point, no. I might <laughs> listen to this one. Because you want it. Of course. Ain't that some shit? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, 
So let's talk about us because for whatever reason, people are fascinated with our relationship or like interested interested in our dynamic because I think it's different than the norm, right? Um, so let's just start at the beginning. I told, I think I told how we met and how we started dating initially in a couple of different podcasts, but let's just break it down for him. So me and Eric met through his cousin, which was my friend. Um, when we first met, we met at a party. Well, we really didn't even meet. Well, that's the first time I knew you existed and I ain't like you. I ain't like you either. I know. You was real rude with your little Bluetooth in your ear. Whatever. <laughs> y'all, y'all gotta understand that Eric thinks that um Dang. like Dang. I said, Eric thinks that I drank his little what is it? The little It was the green dragon. <sighs> Some little drink that I don't even drink. He thinks that I drank it up. Let me give y'all a backstory. Backstory is he had some cousins and we were at his cousin's house and his cousin had a thing for me. His cousin took this little green dragon out the freezer that was already almost gone and gave it to me. And Eric saw me with it in my hand and he assumed. All I know is possession is nine-tenths of the law. You had my alcohol and your possession turn it up and was telling me I didn't need to be mad. You drunk my stuff. I was not turning up. Did you see me drink I it? saw the bottle half empty with it in your hand. Position <laughs> and you in there drinking and laughing and kikiing with my drink in your hand. But did you see me drink it though is what I'm asking. You were just turning down. You had turned up. No. When I walked in and you were turning it down. <laughs> That's what you assume. Anyway, we're not going to spend an hour talking about this because he knows he's wrong, so it's cool. Um. Anyway, <laughs> Eric accused me of drinking his drink, and that's how we met, or that's how we became aware of each other, and, you know, he didn't like me because he thought I was rude and drank his stuff, and I didn't like him because he was rude. I didn't even know it was his stuff. His cousin gave it to me. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. That was a good, what, um, 14 years ago, 2006? That sounds March. About right. No, that was March, February. February, okay. 2006. Anyway, and for those of you who don't know, y'all should know by now, I was married per se. Mm, that's a whole nother topic. But I was still legally married to my husband at the time. Um, not really together, but anyway. That's neither here nor there. We talking about us. We talking about us. <laughs> and so from that point on, um, I guess I saw you around because I was hanging around and we communicated via social media. And at the time, it's tell how old we was and how long ago it was. We talked through MySpace um, and got to know each other and start talking or messing off, whatever you want to call it, in August. Of 2006. They can't see your gestures. I guess. You know, don't do me. <laughs> anyway, all of that to say, um, we have been together consistently 
Well, not consistently. We have been together for 14 years. We didn't decide that we wanted to have a monogamous relationship until 2007, the following year, right? Yeah, in May. Well, you decided you wanted to have a monogamous relationship because I was already trying to get you. But you had me on a rotation. We're going to talk about that probably in the next episode, your rotation. We'll get on that later. But anyway, so now all of that to get back to the point. Last episode was how long is too long when waiting to get married or engaged in a relationship? Your favorite subject to talk about. Is it? <laughs> and so I thought it would be cool to have you on to talk about that subject because people are often like what is the word flabbergasted when we say that we've been in a relationship for 14 years and we are not engaged we are not married and they be looking all kinds of crazy right i think i get it more than you do because people scared to say stuff to you they can't are see they, your, your gestures. Is that a statement or a question? You know it. That's a statement. People are afraid to approach you. You have their resting bitch face on a regular basis. They afraid. I guess. (laughs) Anyway, so let's talk about it. Um, What is your theory or how do you feel about time in a relationship? And then we'll get to us. But like in general, generally speaking, how do you feel about time in a relationship? How long is too long to wait to take that next step, whatever it may be, whether it's engagement, a commitment, ceremony, marriage, if that's your end goal? Often, um, time is used when people, especially when they talk about relationships, it, it seems to be used where it's in a vacuum where if you've been together X amount of years or months, They think that everything else is lined up and that that's one of the most important factors in being with someone, and I don't. Like, you can't take time in a vacuum and say that it is the most important element, or it's a factor, but it is not the most important element. There's a lot that goes into a relationship, especially when you see that when you get to the highest level of them, which is marriage, um, about half of them end in divorce. So you basically have a coin flip there when you reach the highest level. So if you're looking strictly from a time perspective of it, there are a lot of other things that go into it that can make it work or not work. So just because we've been together and we get this a lot, 14 years, it's either why am I waiting or what's wrong with you? And it could be neither of the two. It could be both. Like, relationships are their own animals and they develop and they evolve and they go their own different directions based on what's going on in the circumstances. So to just focus on time would be... uh, it, it, it wouldn't be the right where I think the energy should be directed. It should be you've been together for a long time. Is marriage something that you want to do or are you content with where you are right now? And this is saying like we never went into it thinking, hey, we just going to wait 14 years. <laughs> like that, that, that hasn't been the case. That's not what we were looking to do. It just happened that way. Um, and I'm not sure how much you've said in previous podcasts about 
Um, oh, I tell him I was fucked up. <laughs> you can say it. You can say it, baby. I I'm tell not, him I'm fucked up. I'm not pointing the finger in that sort of way, but it, it was a lot that we've been through in this relationship. Not negative, not abusive sort of stuff, but just trying to get on the same page. And that just took time. Like There were a lot of things that you had to deal with as far as baggage that you brought in from previous relationships. And I tried to be as supportive with you as I possibly could, but ultimately those demons are demons that you had to fight and you had to conquer and you had to overcome. I couldn't fight them for you. I can just be there to support you throughout however long it took. And it's taken a while, but <laughs> it, it just happened to be what it is. So, I mean, it, it, time to me is an element, but more important than time is to make sure that the person that you're with like you're on the same page, you're compatible, your values align, your ambitions kind of align, you complement each other, and that you're willing to make compromises and to go forward with different things that pop up that you don't expect or you don't know about, like global pandemics and economic <laughs> recessions and social injustices that you're on the same page enough to be able to navigate those murky waters together and come out on the other side still together and not hating each other. So a lot of people do say this sort of thing about time. Why are you, what, like, is something wrong with him? A man should know when he want to marry a woman within 63.5 seconds of you. <laughs> and that's just not the case. Like, each woman and each person is their own individual person. Each relationship is its own individual situation. You handle them according to what they are and not based off of some generic metric like time. Facts. So what do you say to people um, that's like, well... They use time and, and, and as an ultimatum. It's kind of like, it doesn't matter what's going on in the relationship. Um, all of that is irrelevant. Things will never be perfect. Like, this is too long. Like, 14 years and it's too long. I don't, I'm just using us as an example um, because we could talk about this. But what do you say to those people that like, Say, oh, well, you should have an ultimatum or you should tell, talking to me, because again, they don't talk to you. <laughs> talking to me, saying, oh, you should give them an ultimatum or, oh, you should have left already. Like, what do you say to those people? I know you and your ultimatums, but I'm just saying, like, what do you think about that? Do you think a woman should leave or whoever should leave a relationship just because the time? No, um, I don't think that they should just leave because time. It's other factors at play. Like if there's some sort of divide, abuse. If you just generally speaking don't think the relationship will work, if you are more ambitious than the other person, if you don't feel like the relationship, like if you feel like you put more energy into the relationship and you're not necessarily getting enough back, um, it, it, it's not it's not that it's not the time it's more what's what are the underlying issues or not that's going into it and even with time like are you both in a position to be able to handle that next step which would be marriage because well in a lot of cases which is marriage and which is what I think the premise of the time thing is and for as the ultimatum 
it, it's a lot that goes into that sort of um, you know commitment or obligation or agreement like it's more involved than just hey we've been together this amount of time there are real things that you have to figure out there are roles in a relationship that you have to distinguish and determine who's going to do what you have to try to mitigate different sort of issues that you know will come up in a relationship so that they don't cause stress in it and, and lead to some sort of anxiety or you know disagreements that will spiral out of control like it, it's it's a lot that goes into it it's more that's involved in sort of the surface level. I love this person. It's been this long. I want to be with you. You want to be with me. Let's just do it. Like it's it's more to it than that. And that takes uh, some effort and some communication on both sides because you just don't know um, going out, especially in the beginning, if it's been a, a relatively early or a short-term relationship that you're in. Or the end of things, six to two, six months to two years, um, you can kind of get a handle and a feel for that sort of person at that period of time. But it's it's really trying to get a handle on the person's mental well-being. Like if you have an upset about something, like how are they treating you? Are they calling you out of your name? Are they abusive? Like financial issues, like if you want to be together, like are you financially straight? Like are you able to handle the expenses and the unforeseen things that come up with being in a relationship and being together like that and having and supporting kids? Like are you, like what sort of health situations are you in? Like will you have to worry about, you know, different sort of chronic issues going on? Do you need to be able to support them if something were to happen in that sort of way. It's just a lot that goes into it that needs to be thought about and communicated so that you you want to be able to set yourself up when you make that sort of leap so that things are pointing more in your favor of having that sort of success of continuing to be together forever if that's what you're choosing to do. Then to be together is just because I love you, you love me, we hot for each other. It's been six months, let's just do this thing. Like, to me, you, you kind of setting yourself up. If things don't go right and all the planets align for it to ultimately fail, because you just you just haven't done enough planning, you don't know enough, you ain't seeking. And, and again, it doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to be able to be aligned enough and could be able to communicate with the person that you're with enough so that when these sort of things happen, you two can navigate it together. Right. Okay. Which leads me to kind of our next topic since we talked about the whole time situation. We gonna leave that alone. But we're going to talk about well, I wanna get your take on before we get into anything else serious. What's it like to date Leah? I've had that question. What am I like? But we'll get into it right after this. Listen, Christmas is right around the corner and so is New Year's Eve. Ladies, if you need to get those natural curls done, guys, if you need your locks on point, let me tell you what you need to do. You need to head on over to a natural affair beauty lounge here in Memphis, Tennessee, 2869 Poplar Avenue. 
they will hook you up no matter the style. You need education on how to maintain a healthy hair care regimen, they got you. You need an install of sister locks, they got you. You need extensions to enhance your already beautiful natural curls, they got you. Be sure to head on over and holler at my girl Takesha Berry Brooks at a Natural Affair Beauty Lounge. Again, that's at 2869 Poplar Avenue. Be sure to look them up and follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and at their website, naturalaffair.com. All right, so we are back. Um, Eric was talking about his idea about time and relationships, just giving his opinion on the podcast that I did previously. So enough about time and how long is too long. Um, <laughs> I get the question all the time, like, what is it like dating me? I know I'm a lot. I try to tell people that and they don't see it. I am very sweet, though. I, I, I know that, that that's the case. I'm just the best girlfriend in the world. But like, what is it like? And I know you're going to be honest because your ass just going to say whatever. But like, yeah. What is it like in, in what because I think people don't really know how I am in like real life personal settings, right? So outwardly, I am very assertive, very aggressive, very say whatever will fight you in a minute type person, boss bitch-ish is how I am. And you don't really view me that way, which is really hilarious to me. And I think people would be interested in your take or the behind the scenes if you will Leah like especially from my history if they knew me when I was younger or you know and dating other people I was a hot I was a mess I was gonna say a hoe but I wasn't a hoe <laughs> I'm gonna cut that out oh no I was a mess though like I was very aggressive very dominating um but how is that um yeah I'm I'm thinking you're asking me a question but I don't know what the underlying root question is so I just say some stuff Um, for the most part you are like one of those I agree with what you were saying before like aggressive feisty uh, gregarious a lot of the things that they don't necessarily, that, and that's part of what I was saying before, like find someone that ideally that compliments you. I'm not necessarily those sort of outward traits that you have. That's why I think it kind of fits, especially in social environments when we're together. Like you are the one that everybody kind of gravitates towards because you're in the life of the party. But they also are around me because I ask a lot of questions and have a genuine interest. So it's like a one-two combination as far as when we're in a social setting. But mm-hmm. as far as a relationship goes, that aggressiveness that you were saying that you normally have is not what I've experienced. Uh, you're very, very, very... <laughs> like really sweet towards people like all that sort of stuff is a facade that wait a minute don't be telling people my aggressiveness is a facade the aggressiveness <laughs> isn't like you 
do fight. Like I will say that more, but like you have this sort of protective outer shell, even though you're a real sweet person and come to me, Eric, why don't this person like me? I didn't do this. I didn't do that. And you know me, I'm like, I don't know, fuck. Difference to a maker if they don't like you or not. You still do what you do, but I didn't do nothing. But yeah, that's just some other internal stuff. But you are the type of person that I've, I've just been used to being involved with. Like, I've always been surrounded with kind of I guess type A feisty aggressive type of women so it's just not anything different from what I've been experiencing so that's why a lot of this sort of stuff it just doesn't register to me because I'm like oh there's something other than that that you can talk to that's not a super aggressive not super aggressive but you know what I'm saying like aggressive going forward type of person um Other than that, uh, I, you do get a lot of attention. Like, if you are a guy that's talking to you and you are comfortable with you getting attention from men and women, like, <laughs> you'll constantly stay jealous or trying to snoop. You do have to have some sort of security uh, with yourself and to not let that sort of thing bother you. It's just going to happen. Like, as soon as you walk out the door, you're going to have people trying to talk, shoot their shot, and you just hope they keep breaking. <laughs> but, like, that's just what's going to happen. Like, you expect that, especially if you're with any sort of attractive person, whether that's male or female, people are going to try to talk to them. Other folks aren't blind. So you do have to be extremely comfortable knowing that people are going to want to talk to them and try to talk to them, especially if they're in your presence. They won't necessarily be disrespectful depending on who you are, but you have to be comfortable knowing that other people are going to try to talk to them. And I think other than that, we kind of complement each other well in, in the sense of like our the things that we like, like our morals and the things that we believe and ambitions, like they, they kind of go together. Like I'm ambitious and you help support me in those sorts of things. You have your own ambitions as well, but like you enjoy helping and assisting me in that sort of thing and being able to do whatever you can. That's nice. Yeah, I'm not saying anything else nice, so let's move on. <laughs> oh, me. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, outside of that, okay, let's get back to um, the topic at hand. Um, just talking about relationships in general. And since we've been talking about us, we talked about time, we talked about um, personal reasons, like why we haven't gotten married or or engaged um, in our own relationship and while time hasn't really played a factor. We touched on that. Um, and, and previously, while you were talking and explaining like um, time and, and the ultimatums and situation, you touched on it a little bit. You said, talked about setting your own rooms in a relationship. And that was big for us. And I talk about that a lot on the podcast that you don't listen to. 
Um, <laughs> I talk about setting your own rules and relationships because you know how I am about societal pressures and how you are too about um, allowing outside factors that play a role in your very personal relationship. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, just in general, the importance of setting, you know, your own rules and relationships, and then we can get into like personal our rules or how we came about it or, or do it. Yeah, generally speaking, for the important important things, um, a lot of the way that people are, especially in the decisions that they make and the things that they choose, are set by whatever defaults are available. And one of the things that you know we've talked about and you know that I focus on is for the things that are important, make sure that you choose your own defaults. Like you set your own rules up. Uh, it's nothing wrong with going by the defaults of what everybody else does as long as you choose to do it and you're not doing it on an unconscious sort of level. So starting, you, you know, a lot of the things I do come from an engineering background, so I'm reverse engineering stuff. I'm saying, hey, you know, all these people are doing X and they're getting Y as a result. Do I want Y? If so, keep doing what X, what they're doing as far as X goes and I'll get it. If I don't want it, now I've got to go through the process of figuring out how do I get the result I want? Has anybody done it? How do I model what I'm doing or follow a plan or process or path in order to get to Z instead of Y? Uh, in a relationship, even if it goes to the highest level, like we said before, the path of them fail, it's a coin flip that I'll be with whoever this person is that I proclaim the love forever and ever, amen that it'll end in divorce or something of that that nature, I want to set that up so that I have a higher probability of being with that person in a, in a good way than to have it end like that. So if that's the case, I have to look at it a little bit different than what everybody else is looking at right now currently. If that's the case, now I've got to break it down and deconstruct how successful marriages or relationships or whatever, whatever it is, you can take this even outside of that to be that if you want to have six-pack abs or if you want to make a million dollars or have a million-dollar net worth, it's out there to be done. You just have to figure out what that is, and then you have to start choosing the way that you're going to do it. You have to start choosing your own defaults, your own path, and you do that with a relationship as well. Knowing that if I do things the same way, like I'll get that same result, now it's breaking it down with you in order to be able to do it, I have to look at it a different way. If men are approaching, and then this is stepping all the way back, if guys are approaching women in this way, and this is kind of how the path is going, what's the opposite? That's normally the first way I start. What's the opposite? Because if I do the opposite, I'll get something in theory, 180 degrees different. So it's starting there, starting to do some things different from what I've known everybody else to do and kind of see where that shakes out. 
it may shake out where it's the same, it may shake out where it's different, it may shake out where I don't like it and I have to make some adjustments, but it's to keep iterating there until I figure out what their path and what their process is, and then that's the way I act by default, instead of doing what everybody else has done, because I want something different. And that's kind of the way that we've gone about the relationships that we have together. Like, it's very much where we talk on a fairly continuous basis about everything practically everything <laughs> um, it's not like different sort of stuff out there where it, you know sometimes it'll be a little bit of a curveball where um, you will say or react to something in a way that I wasn't expecting and probably a little bit of the same too but we communicate enough that we have a very good understanding of how we will react to different sort of stimulus and, and how we'll respond to it. And that sort of thing comes from having that open communication and being able to have disagreements about stuff without being disagreeable. Uh, like we said before, like I think you said on, that you told me that you said on here before, that we don't argue, we haven't argued about anything. We absolutely disagree about practically everything, <laughs> but it's not, it's not an argument. Like, we can move on, we can make compromises and stuff like that, and that's the way that it should be to me, so. I think people will be extremely surprised to know that both of us are extremely traditional when it comes to um, roles in a relationship. Like, we just got through talking about setting your own rules in a relationship, Right. Um, about like not allowing society to dictate how um, you run your own personal relationship. And then on the flip side of that, we are very traditional in our take on like roles, like what a man should be and how a woman should be. And I think people will be very interested to know that like it's extremely contemporary or extremely traditional um, when it comes to male and female roles in our relationship not saying that you know oh you a man put me in my place not like that it's just that i don't know we're very traditional with stuff old school i should say yeah about I, stuff like that i do agree with that part but not not completely in the sense where i believe that a woman's place is like you see on TV in the 60s where she need to be there cooking and cleaning and right. having babies. And, right. You know, that sort of... It is more... Although I'm cool with cooking and cleaning and having babies. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying that's not specifically It's other stuff that you can do. It's, it's more... The role thing is, is more so that... Again, I do think that the man should be, especially in the household, should be the, you know, kind of the one that's protecting, leading, kind of as a head, just by default. Not saying that a woman couldn't do it, and I'll get to that a little bit later on, but, like, that's that's kind of where, in my opinion, in the way that we do it, that's the default we chose, and that's how we decided to do it. It just happens to align with what has been going on for hundreds of years or mm-hmm. however long we've been on this planet. And hold on, time out. Because I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, so he got you. Like, no, no, no. Let me just interject, put a pen and remember what you was going to say, babe. But I know people. 
And let me just put it out there 100%. He did not put this on me. <laughs> Eric's traditional views was not pushed on me. I have my own traditional views. I'm actually way more traditional than Eric is. So let me just put that out there because I don't want people to think that it's like, oh, he making her like not be the head or whatever the case may be. You know how people do. I just want to put it out there where I'm like, no, Leah is super traditional about certain things, about values and, and morals and, and stuff like that. That's on my own. Like, so carry on. I yeah, just wanted to make sure I said that. And before this situation, you were the head all the time of right. the household, especially. Right. Before, and like I'm just getting into it, saying that that's the defaults that we chose and the way that we set it up and structured, but we also have the discussion because you know how I am about single points of failure, again, from the engineering background that I have. If I'm not able to perform in my role, then, you know, I'm always trying to make it where you're involved. You know, if I'm not able to step up, you got everything you need to take over the ranks until I'm able to do it again. And then we can switch back up. If I'm not able to do it and you're not able to do it, then we got EJ. And you can believe or edit this out. I don't need to be done. Like, he can step up and he can help you out while, like, whichever. It's more to be able to know what needs to be done and then to have backups and ways to get it done in case somebody can't fulfill what they need to do. Because, like, it's a family unit. Like, it's different sort of things that need to be done together. Mm -hmm. And everybody plays a part in it. And if one person can't or they can't do it to that degree, someone else can step up until you can. That's more of what it is, is to have that sort of structure and to have it where everybody knows what needs to be done and what needs to be done to get there. That's more of what I'll have to do and have it to do and structure it in a way not to keep you subservient to me and make you submissive to me because that's not that's not how it works. That's not what my goal or my aim is. You don't even like that. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't at all. At all. <laughs> But yeah, I will say that about you though. Like, um, your view and take on it is, and that's why I wanted you on here because your view and take about a whole lot of stuff is way left field than a lot of people, especially men, especially younger guys, younger generation um, out here in these streets. Um, and I just think it's very interesting in the way that you think about stuff. But to your point, the way you think about the roles is not because you have some type of ego trip. Right, I would say that a hundred percent about you. You do not have like an ego. Um, you have one because everybody has an ego. You know, you have to in order to be confident or whatever in yourself. But you are not cocky whatsoever, and nowhere in you is though. I am man, woman, like bow down to me. You don't have that complex whatsoever. Um, and you don't have a problem asking for help or saying, "Hey, I can't do this." I need you to do this, or I'm going to need you to step up and do A, B, C, and D. You don't have a problem with that at all, and that was something new that I had to deal with, and hence people that also got, went into the 14 years later, we not married. <laughs> it was a lot of that, and I've talked about that in previous podcasts, too, is because, like, I wasn't, I said it over and over, I wasn't in a position where, just like you said, if something happened, 
where I would be able, even though I was like a single parent or like on my own, doing my own thing, that's true. But I wasn't in a position where, like how I am now, how we are now, where I felt confident enough or you felt confident enough in me that if something, we were to get married and something happened to you and you were down or like you said or whatever happened, that I would be able to pick up that slack, um, you know, create or continue the lifestyle that we had built together. And I think that that's something that has changed. That played a role, I believe. A major one in the whole 14 time situation to come full circle. That's one of the things that played a role in it um, was that. But I say all that just because, you know, you don't have an ego about it, about saying, hey, I need you to be able to do this because I can't do this shit right here. Or <laughs> I ain't going to be able to do this right now. Um, you don't have a problem with that. However, I do. I have a real problem with asking people for help. Like, that's a lesson you taught me too. You taught me a lot of lessons, but that's a lesson you taught me. I'm still trying to learn it. I know, I'm aware. But I'm better. Much better. You still have some work to do. Yeah. I don't like asking people for help. I don't, because to me that means... Or it used to mean, I'm not going to say that it continues to mean, but it, it's still in my head. Um, it means that you're weak in some way or lacking something or making yourself vulnerable. And in my experiences, especially in relationships of men that supposedly was like my protector or was in love with me or whatever, that hadn't gone so well. <laughs> so it's hard for me to like... 100% put my trust in somebody and allow myself to be vulnerable or ask them for anything because I don't like asking people for stuff because that has never gone well previously. It goes well now if I ask you or even your family or whatever, but it didn't go well previously. Even with other people though, like, and, and that's been one of the things that it has been, that's been one of the struggles that I've had with you, being vulnerable or feeling, or having a weakness is not a flaw, like that's just part of being human, like you can only be strong in, in so many things, like you weren't meant here to be a God, being strong in everything. We are here, and you know this is one of the things that I say a lot, is we are here to serve and to allow others to serve us. Like it's a it's a it's a synergy that we have with other people here, and we are here together. We're social. We are meant to be together, working and helping each other. So when you need help and you don't ask for it, or you need help and you don't reach out, like that's an issue because not only are you preventing yourself from being blessed, you are preventing somebody else from getting their blessings from using whatever ministry or tool or skills or talents that they have to help serve you. That's part of what I've been trying to be through your beige head that you don't <laughs> understand. This. Well, I gotta be beige, because though. Because it is, and this is one of those frustrating things <laughs> that I've had to deal with with you. Like, stop it. Like, being vulnerable in and of itself is not a bad thing. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be able to put yourself out there in order to grow or in order to experience something that you've never had. Like, you can't have a closed fist and expect 
money or anything to be entering into it, it's closed. It's shut off from it. Like you won't benefit from it being shut off. You have to open yourself up and just understand that you're taking a risk. You try to mitigate the risk as much as you can, but you have to take risk in order to grow and you have to take the risk in order to progress. You have to put yourself out there and just understand and be strong and resilient enough to move forward if it goes sideways. That makes me cringe thinking about it. It's just part of life. Part of life. Coming up next week on Sex, Love, Whiskey, we're continuing the conversation with Eric. It's our conversation about dating, his theory about love, and his rotation. Y'all heard me talk about that before, but we're going to dive into his rotation and how we were slick in a poly relationship. All that and more next week on Sex, Love, Whiskey. And as always, let's get into it. Ain't nothing wrong, cause this for the ground.